Thanks for joining us for today's edition of Lessons for Living. His word so fresh in our hearts abound. His word made flesh in the here and now. A new life is beginning. Lord, let us hear your lessons for living. Lord, let us hear your lessons for living. God doesn't force you to accept Jesus Christ. He put a spiritual gun to your head and said, you must go down, you're the elect. Come and get saved. You have to get saved. Nor will God say to you, you cannot leave me. You can't abandon me. But he'll do everything to keep you from abandoning him. That's why he sent us the Holy Spirit to convict us. Hey, you're going down the wrong road. Put all these things in front of us, people that come talk to us. But in the end, we believe man has a free will. As a parent, one of the hardest things to do is to get out of the way of a wayward child. When they become able to take responsibility for their actions, you have to let them go their way, even as it tears you up inside, and pray they get their lives straightened out. Today, Pastor Mark will be teaching that it's much the same with God's relationship with men and women. You'll hear about the risk God took when he created mankind with a free will and the lengths he's taken to show them the way back to himself. Remember, there's quite a few ways to receive a copy of Pastor Mark's teaching. We'll be sharing all that information with you at the close of this broadcast. Now here's Pastor Mark in Hebrews chapter 6 as he continues his message, The Dangers of Backsliding and Apostasy. I'll say this kindly, but when you hear a knock on the door, those people that say to you that Jesus is not God, and they'll say to you, we believe in the same Jesus you believe in, that is not true. That is totally false. Jesus is either God or the whole Bible's a lie. He is God. So notice, these people, they deliberately decide to walk away from God and Jesus and the way of salvation. Now, those who believe it's impossible to depart from the faith, what are you going to do with that verse that I just read you? I know what they do with it. They would say those people were never really followers. They were just professors. They just kind of thought they were. I don't believe that at all. I believe that if a person decides to leave by willful choice and remains there until they die, then it's impossible for them to be forgiven. See, I believe even an apostate can come back to Christ. Well, you say, Pastor Mark, Hebrews says it's impossible. It's impossible with man, but it's possible with God. Now, why is it impossible? It's impossible if they don't want to come back. Do you know, in a sense, Peter became an apostate for a short while. You remember what he said? Jesus said, well, I'm going to the cross, and you guys are all going to deny me. And Pete said, excuse me? I will never deny you. And what did Jesus say to him? Before the cock makes his noise, three times. What happened? Three times he did. I don't even, Jesus, who is he? Don't even know the guy. And then he even swore. Well, did 
God restore him? Sure, he became the first major leader in the church. So, understand, I believe that apostate can come back even, but if they die in that state, it's impossible for them, obviously, to be restored. Since all things are possible with God, the onus remains on the individual's free will. God, I want to come back. I wrote this statement for you. God will never force a person to start a relationship with him or refuse to allow them to end a relationship with him. See, that's where we would differ from the Calvinists who say certain number of people are elect, doesn't matter what they do, they will always go to heaven. They have no choice in the matter at all. Here's a statement I think you can see from the very beginning of time, and I think it says it differently. Since the Garden of Eden, God has honored man's free will. He said to Adam and Eve, have it your way. I'd like you to choose to serve me, or you can do your own thing. That's free will. So, God doesn't force you to accept Jesus Christ. He doesn't put a spiritual gun to your head and say, you must go down, you're the elect. Come and get saved. You have to get saved. Nor will God say to you, you cannot leave me. You can't abandon me. But he'll do everything to keep you from abandoning him. That's why he sent us the Holy Spirit, to convict us. Hey, you're going down the wrong road. Put all these things in front of us, people to come talk to us. But in the end, we believe man has a free will. You see this verse, you understand it. This is one that those people would use. I'll go through these very quickly now, so just follow me. Romans 8, 38. For I am convinced that neither death, nor life, nor angels, nor demons, nor the present, future, any powers, any height, any depth, nothing else in all creation will be able to separate us from the love of God that is in Christ Jesus. I believe that absolutely without a doubt. It doesn't matter, and I use that when people come. I say, it doesn't matter what's coming in your life. God will never give you more, 1 Corinthians 7, He'll never give you more than you can handle. It doesn't matter what any of these things are. It will never separate you from the love of God. I believe that with absolutely all my heart. That's a great assurance to me. But notice, here's my comment on that verse. Nothing external can separate us from the love of God. I can if I want to. See, I still have a free will. No outside voice, force, demons, temptation can separate you or me from the love of God unless I choose to walk away. And I believe I can do that. I'm not going to do that, so I'm secure. Turn with me quick to John chapter 10. John chapter 10. And I'll even read some of these as I go through to kind of get through the verses. I'll give you the verses and you can look at it later. But I want you to know this one. The Calvinists, this is a huge verse for them. And I think it's beautiful. I love it. John 10 verse 28 and 29. Jesus said, I give them eternal life. And they shall never perish. No one can snatch them out of my hand. My Father has given to me is greater than all. No one can snatch them out of my Father's hand. I'm secure with that. I love it. As I abide in Christ, nobody's going to snatch me out of his hand. But what if I choose to walk away from God? He'll try to stop me, but I still have a free will. So I can walk from God. I can become an apostate. I can willfully go into sin. And if I die that way as an apostate, then it's impossible for me to come back to repentance. Remember, the Calvinists again would say, doesn't matter what you do, you can't ever be removed because you've been elected. Now that your next-door neighbor here hasn't been elected because God's blood atonement wasn't for everybody. I don't believe that at all. I believe that God died for the whole world. Whosoever will come can come. 
But whosoever wants to walk away has the same free will that brought them to Christ as can take them away from Christ. So I believe a man has a free will to become a believer and a free will to abandon the faith. This is, I believe, exactly what's happening in the context. Let's go back to the context again. The Hebrews earlier said, we choose to leave Judaism. These believers said, we're leaving the law, we're leaving the sacrifices, we choose of our own free will to come and be a Christ follower. And Paul says, now you did that, you made the right choice, but don't leave Jesus, don't abandon him, don't become an apostate, because if you do, there's no way to be right with God and have your sins forgiven, because Jesus is the only, please don't choose to walk away. The same choice that brought them to, the writer says, don't walk away. As you move through these verses, the writer says to them, I'm not even thinking you're going to walk away. In fact, I know you're not going to walk away. He said, I'm really kind of happy for you because I can see you're walking out with God. Not make believe believers, but real unbelievers. I don't have time tonight, but just look at verse 9 in chapter 6, and I think you'll see that alone. Now, here's the danger. Next statement you want to write. I believe there's a difference between a professing Christ follower and a real Christ follower. This is where the crux comes. And many times, the once saved, always saved, or whatever, we really kind of believe the same. It's just the terminology. Even Charles Stanley and people like that would say to you, they're eternal secure, you're eternally secure, whatever. They wouldn't call the people that we call followers of Christ. They know. I've heard Charles Stanley say it. And he said at one of his teachings, if you came down to my altar and got saved whatever number of years ago, and there's been no change in your life, you got water baptized, you got the certificate, and you've been a Christian, quote, 20 years, there's no change, there's nothing you're living, well, you're not falling away. You have no security in your salvation because you were never saved. So see, sometimes it's just the word. A few years ago, remember we did a great thing in this church. Maybe we'll do it again. I had you for two weeks go out and talk to people. When you die, if you go to heaven, why will you go to heaven? And we had thousands of responses from you. Let me just read you a couple. I was going through them the other day. Why are you going to heaven? I believe in God. I'm a good person. I treat others the way I would like to be treated. Number two, why are you going to go to heaven? Because I believe in God and lead a good life. I'm good. Here's number three. I'm saved. This is an actual quote. This isn't something I wrote. I'm saved. Maybe not living right, but I believe that once I'm saved, it can't be taken away from me. Aha! That's the danger. How are you? Why are you going to go to heaven? Well, because I got saved. Good. Well, I'm not living right now. Admit it. I'm definitely not right with God. Absolutely not right with God. But I'm saved, eternally secure. I'm going to heaven when I die. There is the danger. You see, that's false assurance. First John 2.19. They went out from us, but they did not really belong to us. For if they had belonged to us, they would have remained with us. But their going showed that none of them belong to us. You see, when we look at people's lives, it's very difficult. In fact, most times, especially those that are in that stage of a professing Christian, it's hard for us because we're not God. We don't see their hearts. To tell what's happening. You remember in Matthew, I'll read it to you. Many will say to me on that day, Lord, Lord, did we not prophesy in your name? 
Didn't we, listen, didn't we drive out demons? Didn't we perform miracles? So what do you see here with these people? Well, these people have great spiritual experiences. Incredible. What does Jesus say to them? Then I will tell them plainly, I never knew you. So see, I never knew you. These were people who had not lost something. They never had anything. They never had salvation. And time proved their insincerity. What finally proved it? was God at the judgment seat. Now, that's too late. Understand, a person can do many religious things and still not be a Christ follower. Jesus speaks to the most religious Jews of his day. And he says to them, Oh, you have spiritual fruit. There's good things. You pray, you tithe, you do all these things. But he says to them, Your father is the devil. They were never really believers. So it's possible for us to display some spiritual fruit, some growth, and then die spiritually. Mark chapter 4, whole passage of scripture. You can kind of study it. Four kinds of soil. Great start. Looks good. Some excitement. No fruit. Never really a follower. Wheat and tares is another one you can look up. Matthew 13. Matthew 13 says there's good seed and weeds in the field. The response was, well, should we go pull them up? Well, no, you pull them up, you don't know who's really where. Only God can do this. So God says, let them both grow together. And at the harvest, God will determine whose heart was really right. Now, what about assurance? I believe this. No true Christ follower can abandon the faith without constant and willful rejection of the Holy Spirit's convicting love. God will do everything in the world he can to stop us from even thinking about abandoning him. He'll send us reminders. He'll send us people. He'll tell us to come back. He'll remind us it's not too late. Listen to me. Forgiveness is always possible right up until a person dies. Even at the end, if you choose to accept Christ. And this next statement, I think, is the balance that I want to give you. And you'll see it in the verses. True faith in Jesus Christ perseveres. Perseverance of the saints. And that requires God, mostly. But it does require me. Look at these two verses. It shows you the balance between God's part of man's car. Paul says, being confident of this that he who began a good work in you will carry it on to completion until the day of Jesus Christ. Could I hear an amen on that one? Has he started it in you? Absolutely. Will he finish it? He absolutely will. Look at 2 Timothy 2.12. You see it right there. If we endure, we will also reign with him. But if we disown him, he will disown us. So I believe the Bible teaches that we can abandon as a real follower of Christ, abandon our faith. Others who are professors, well, they may stick around for a while, but endurance will normally show them that God's power is not a work. Again, you cannot lose your salvation, but you can leave it if you choose to walk away from God. 
Now, those who hold a very strict idea of eternal security have a very difficult part with this verse. He who overcomes will, like them, be dressed in white. I will never blot out his name from the book of life, but will acknowledge his name before the Father and his angels. Again, the strict idea of a Calvinism that can give you false assurance. Doesn't matter how you live, God will never blot your name out. Doesn't matter how you live. Well, that's not what the Bible teaches. I'm going to read a passage to you. Write it down tonight because of time. 1 Corinthians 6, 9 through 11. 1 Corinthians 6, 9 through 11. Do you not know that the wicked will not inherit the kingdom of God? Do not be deceived. Neither are sexually immoral, nor idolaters, nor adulterers, nor male prostitutes, nor homosexual offenders, nor thieves, nor the greedy, nor drunkards, nor slanders, nor swindlers. Listen. Not that they'll go to heaven and have no reward. Will None of them will inherit the kingdom of God. You see, you and I can't say we're a Christ follower and then go back into a life of sin and just stay there. And it just grows and grows and grows and we expect everything's fine. No, if I move back into that area, the Bible says, careful, you'll never inherit the kingdom of God. Verse 11 in that same passage that I ask you to write says, and this is what some of you were. In other words, there's a change. We can always come back to Christ. Now, if when we backslide and go away from Christ, you know the answer to this, but I'm going to ask you to say it anyway. When we backslide and go away from Christ, good things going to happen in your life or bad? Why do you know that? Because we've all been there. Now, can I come back to God? Absolutely. Now, remember, salvation, becoming a Christ follower, is not an event how many times do you hear me say that? That's where we get this problem wrong. I got my paper going to heaven. Not a chance. It's a lifestyle of following Jesus Christ. Charles Templeton, back in the 40s, evangelism, mass evangelism just began to start. He was an incredible leader, young man from Canada. And uh, he was the most versatile of the young evangelists. One of his young friends, Billy Graham. He preached and taught. Thousands of people came to him in his lifetime. Incredible man. Toward the end of his life, he wrote this book, Farewell to God. Notice what it says. My reasons for rejecting the Christian faith. I always keep this one. And I read some of the articles on Amazon. People went, finally, Somebody's truthful. There is no God. This Christianity stuff's garbage, just like you say, Templeton, right on. So not only did it affect him, let me ask some questions as you think about this. A man that preached, Billy Graham's friend, Billy Graham said, better preacher than I'll ever be. For many, many years, many converts to Christ, preached the word of God with zeal. Would you say he was always a make-believe believer? Would you say, once saved, always saved? See, we don't know what to do with these things. And as a pastor, I just want to say to you, this is a picture, and as something happened on his deathbed, this is a picture of a full-on Christ follower who became an apostate. He abandoned all the faith. And when you abandon the faith, you have no chance of going to heaven. As a pastor, I don't want to give you false assurance that once you're saved, 
You can just go out and live however you want. As a pastor, on the other hand, I don't want to give you a challenge that you have to live in fear. I'm not good enough. I'm not good. I, said, I, I think my motive was wrong. That's misery. Serving Christ is joy. So I want you as a pastor to know this, that like Peter, who sinned greatly, Jesus forgave him and restored him to a useful position. If we repent, there's always forgiveness and a new start in our life. Let me just read this to you. Ephesians 5. Be very careful, starting in verse 15, then, how you live, not as unwise, but as wise. Making the most of every opportunity because the days are evil. Therefore, do not be foolish, but understand what the Lord's will is. Do not get drunk on wine, which leads to debauchery. Instead, be filled with the Spirit. Use our time wisely. Let me ask you a question. Let me take you to a village in India or China, where the people have no Bible, never heard of Jesus Christ. How much emphasis on eternal security, saved, once saved, always saved? How much emphasis? Zero. They don't even know what saved means. Don't miss this weekend. I got a full-page letter from the young gal I witnessed to in Chicago. Oh, it's going to be awesome. 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 By the way, when I was with her, and I was on that plane going up there, went right to Hebrews chapter 6, and I started in verse 4, and I said, what do you think of these verses? Do you feel secure in your salvation? (laughs) Or are you lost? Do you think that's where I would go? No. So... (laughs) So why did I say that? I believe there's a true warning here. Absolutely. I don't take that lightly. This is my belief. I could be wrong. I don't believe it. I believe I'm right. I believe you or I, as a full-on Christ follower, could abandon the faith. I believe God will keep all kinds of things in our way never to do that. I am secure in my salvation. I have no fear of it all. But on the other hand, I want to say this to you. Let's quit spending our life debating these issues that we'll never fully understand until we get to heaven. Because outside this door, the world is plummeting to hell. And we're trying to argue, once saved, always saved. Am I secure? Am I not secure? Let me just say this to you with love today. You're absolutely secure. Just abide in Christ. And get on. Let's get on with our lives. Let's grow. I'm not making fun, but it's been debated for hundreds of years. Nobody's come up with the answer. So let's just abide in Christ and enjoy our relationship with Jesus Christ. We grow, we mature, we allow the world to see us who we are. When we blow it, we get forgiveness, we come back. God's gracious, he forgives us, he loves to restore us. I just abide in him, enjoy it. In his teaching today, Pastor Mark kept telling you about the characteristics of someone who has a professed faith instead of an actual relationship with Jesus. He showed you, using Scripture, how someone can do even miracles and not really be following Jesus. You learned, too, what to look for in your own life to be sure that you're right with God. You don't have to wait to hear another message from Lessons for Living. Visit LessonsForLivingRadio.com to access our archive of messages on various topics and books of the Bible. Subscribe to our podcast as well to receive updated teachings as soon as they're made available. We're so glad you joined us today and we'd love to connect with you. 
feel free to contact us with your questions and prayer requests at 866-779-3441. That's 866-779-3441. This brings us to the end of Pastor Mark's teaching, The Dangers of Backsliding and Apostasy. Next time, he'll begin a new message called Confident Hope. He'll be continuing on the topic of being or becoming a real follower of Jesus. He'll be teaching about the activities that Christ followers do in their daily lives and the heart attitude that you should have. Well, that's all the time we have for today's broadcast. We want to say thank you for tuning in and may God bless you. Together, let's do life right. in a hurry.